if that $100 deposit and I generate a $200,000 gain from the contract maturing as an option, I put $100 in, I sold the property for $200,000 more, it goes back into my self-directed Roth IRA tax-free forever for life. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey everyone, welcome to Big Fat Real Estate Checks. My name is Marco Kozlowski. I'm joined with Francesco Galluccio and Gabriella Raisha. And we are going to uh, discuss today something that we pretty much know nothing about. Retirement, retirement funds, tax shelters, and different ways of saving money and doing deals creatively through different mechanisms that are available in the U.S. and possibly in Canada. Now, I am Canadian as well as my compadres here. And uh, before I get too down the rabbit hole, of course, if this is your first ever podcast, do not pass go, do not collect $200, go to the first 10 episodes for sure, at least and listen to the first 10 and that will explain how we do transactions creatively without using our own money, using asset-based lending. And the objective of this podcast, of course, is to give you absolute fantastic value, cutting edge information, and of course, in an entertaining way. We believe in edutainment. And if you like these series, please like it, love it, share it, give us a comment. We're well over a thousand now and that makes us very happy on the inside and the outside. Ah, oh, very nice. I like. And we're always excited to help our community grow and uh, be more informed so you can make more money without using money, but skill instead. So where were we? Yes. Retirement. Now, I hail from Canada. However, I have very limited knowledge compared to my two compadres since Gabriel is a CPA up in Canada or was a CPA, retired CPA, however you want to say it. He's in the retirement stages of being a CPA, even though he's still in his 20s. And then we have Frank who worked for the CRA, which is the Canadian IRS version. And uh, he was a senior officer there and uh, really knows his shit as far as that goes. So and then I've been in the U.S. for a very long time and investing using uh, self-directed Roth IRAs. And that's a, a very unique product to the United States. And uh, we're going to discuss tax-free savings, tax-free mechanisms where you can actually do deals within that mechanism, those mechanisms, and how the pros, the cons, how it works, and just noodle around it with it a little bit. Again, I am not an expert by any means. I know enough to be dangerous. And if we get enough comments on this episode, I'm going to bring in an absolute expert on both. And then we can uh, really deep dive into the topic. But right now we're just going to do a surface. This is not going to be any more than just, hey, this is what's possible. And again, if you leave us enough commentary on this, I will bring in an expert as well as Gabe and Frank. We'll make this just an amazing topic and go more than the 15, 20 minutes that we're going to talk about it today. So who wants to go primavera? Do you want to start with Canadian or do you want to start with the Roths? Let's do Canadians first. It's three to zero in Canada right now. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't sure how many. What if the listeners are three to zero? I, I think. Well, if you're they, a U.S. person, well, yeah. wouldn't it be cool to learn more about Canada? I guess. I think there are beavers there. There are moose. It's cold. All right. So We're from there, there's there's two. <laughs> One day Canadians will take over the world, and everyone will be sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I waited for that day. No kidding. Yes. Uh, okay. So there's, uh, I guess, Frank, we can just piggyback off yep. each other here on this. But basically, there's two tax type shelters in Canada or vehicles that you can use 
The first one is an RRSP or the Registered Retirement Savings Plan. The other one is the TFSA or the Tax-Free Savings Account. And they each have their own, I guess, characteristics, uh, benefits, and they have their cons as well. So yeah, I guess let's tackle the RSP first. It's a vehicle that's probably as old as I can remember. So it's, it's been around for a long time. The RSP has limits, annual limits of contribution. So basically it's a registered account where you put in money every year and whatever you invest in or that money that's invested can grow tax-free and it's only taxed when you take it out. So typically, and I'm going to say typically because this is kind of how the, the majority of the world in Canada works when it comes to RSPs is you start working, the actual RSP limit works as a percentage of your earned income up until a cap. So I'll give you an example for... Um, 2021, it's 18% is the maximum of your previous year's earned income. So if you've earned $100,000 in that year, 18% or $18,000 will be your maximum limit to be able to contribute to your RRSP account in the current year, which is 2021. Now, let's say you make a million a year, then in theory, that would be 180,000. But you know, that's not the case because they actually capped that amount to in 2021 is $27,830. So that's like $14, you know, US, but nevertheless, it's capped every year and it's indexed up based on inflation and other, I guess, government type calculations that nobody understands. So that's how the RSP works. You can contribute every year. And then the money that's contributed into that account can then be invested in different vehicles. It can be mutual funds. It can be, you can actually self-direct your RSP and invest in, you know, stocks or other things. There's certain limitations and I don't know what they are specifically, but there are certain types of, like, basically I couldn't use my RSP to fund a property purchase that I own. So if it's kind of like, if it's a non-arm's length transaction, yeah, so basically, if I were to buy a property, you know, in my name, and rather than use the bank, I'd want to use my RSP money because obviously I can make it grow at an interest rate that's interesting. Essentially, I'd be private lending to myself. That's forbidden under the whatever the rules that govern the uh, registered uh, retirement savings plan. Now, that being said, if Frank buys a property and instead of going to the bank says, hey, you know, Gabe, you want to, you know, lend against my property, then the answer is yes, I can lend via my RSP. Now it's got it. There's obviously a work around there where you're going to have to have a self-directed RSP with a specific broker that can allow you to do this, but it is possible where I can actually lend Frank the money, collect, you know, eight, 10% interest as a private lender on it and allow Frank to buy his property and do what he needs to do, optimize it or whatnot. And then he can pay me back whenever he either sells or refinances. And the same thing where Frank can lend on my property. So we call these RRSP swaps. And these are interesting strategies that you can use in Canada. Now you need to go see the right brokers because there's regulation around this and I can't help you with that, but there are brokers that will help you with that and they can facilitate this. The important thing to know is that it's got to be an arm's length transaction. So you can't do this with your children or you know with your wife, husband, any dependents. But if it's an arm's length transaction where it's a third party, even if it's a friend or whatnot, then that's going to be permitted. So that's kind of the... Brother yeah. Do you know if brother or sister is an arm's length transaction it's, or it, is that considered I, family? I think it's considered family, but don't quote okay. me on it. Yeah. Because I, I think the in the US, the IRA structure is up and down, but not sideways. And I could be wrong. Interesting. I, again, I'm not an expert, but as far as I understand, the brothers and sisters and siblings arm's length versus from, and, parents and children are and, not. And the point here is that it's worth inquiring about this because yes. they're, they're really great tools to use. And 
a lot of especially employees here have a lot of money that gets sent in there because the benefit of putting you know for every dollar that you put into your rsp that dollar is removed from your taxable income at the end of the year so you're saving whatever your marginal tax rate is in that year and sometimes you'll get a refund if you bring down your down your tax bracket because you've invested enough so there's a benefit and people do this it's basically deferring tax in the rsp way because rsps need to be cashed out by and i think it's year 71 now it used to be 69 i think it was pushed to year 71 i could be wrong so obviously you know with the lifespan being a lot longer than 71 now what typically happens is a 71 instead of cashing in the rsp because if you know imagine you have a million dollars when you're there if you remove or we i guess cash out the full amount that amount is going to be added to your yearly taxable income so for that year you're going to have made a million dollars of revenues which means you're taxed at the highest marginal rate which quebec here is like 106 percent so you owe the government no i'm kidding it's like 52 percent which is still retarded but nevertheless the government's People earning more than you don't take out the yeah. money all at right once. so you, it turns the rrsps turns into what's called a RIF, a registered exactly. income fund by default if you don't take it out voluntarily the government says no you're taking out the money for uh, gabe and but when it turns into a RIF, you have an obligation of starting to empty it so yes. what happens is that you have to you'll put a set of time you'll see you know you know i'm expected to live 20 years for example so you're going to divide that amount in 20 years and every year you're going to take 1 20th of the amount and then that 1 20th will be added to your income and then you'll be taxed on it so basically it's a tax deferral system it is not tax avoidance version or i guess a legal tax avoidance you're always going to be taxed on it and then when you know should knock on wood you pass away the RSP can be transferred to your spouse. That's going to be rolled over tax-free to them, and they'll have to empty it, you know, in the same way. But here's the thing is when the second spouse passes away, it's automatically a deemed disposition in the hands of the children. So that's a huge tax hit. So whenever you have RSPs, although it's a, an interesting vehicle, I'm not going to say it's good or bad because it really depends on your situation, but it is an interesting vehicle. You need to have proper succession planning in order to minimize your tax hit. So that's kind of the way RSPs work, but they are a tool that you can use in order to uh, invest in real estate or get investors into your, your real estate deals. There's a lot of people out there with millions in our RSPs and instead of earning three four percent they can be earning seven eight percent tax-free that's uh, pretty significant or losing money i remember i had an rsp when i was in my 20s and i remember i wanted to save for my retirement before i got into real estate and my account actually went down with fees and with all the nickeling and diming and they put things into uh it was a forced one with i think funds mutual funds yeah, yeah. usually yeah. it is and uh and it just declined every year. And I'm like, what's the point of putting money into something where I'm not going to make any money? Mm -hmm. Everyone used to get their statements and, every quarter and look at it and be, it, yeah, you see a declining because the management fees are very high. Star steep, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. things have and, changed since you've had an RSP, obviously, and, and fees have started to decrease, but they are a significant you, part of your return calculation. Like, the, like we went into space, television was invented, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, that's right. When I was when I was young, they didn't have such mechanisms. Yeah. yeah. Nope. But uh, th that's a huge... <laughs> Uh, they, 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 they just they zoomed in their walkers is what they did yeah, so no the, the, the um, so that's a huge contrast so just I don't know if we talked about TFSAs much no um, not yet we can I mean it's worth talking about because it's a different vehicle I do want to just underline that for the listener that's basically maybe tuned out at this point because this is Canadian information it's actually interesting to know the contrast between how taxed Canada is because it's there's no tax loophole there's no tax shelter whatsoever at an RSP. You're just deferring it to later. 
You're just putting the problem onto later. In the U.S., you have a general IRA, which is very similar to an RSP, right? But there's also something called a Roth IRA and a self-directed Roth IRA. So the Roth part is basically after tax. So an RSP is before tax, a Roth IRA is after tax. And the reason there's a distinction in that is that in the, the Roth IRA is almost identical. And while you were talking, Gabe, I did look it up. And it is straightforward, but brothers and sisters are not are considered arm's length transactions, okay. which is interesting. Okay, so there's a difference there. But in a Roth IRA, you can put 100 bucks in your Roth IRA. The max contribution for the last three years has been $6,000, $7,000 if you're over 50. That's the rule. So if you're over 50, you can put $7,000 a year. If you're under 50, it's $6,000 a year, period. That's your that max. That sounds similar to the TFSA. Uh, to the TFSA, Because exactly. it's capped right. at a certain amount as opposed to a percentage of your previous right. year. It's and, not it's a, it's it's not a and it's after tax And it's after tax, tax income, it, correct. Yeah. yeah, so it's post-tax. And the reason that's important is because in the U.S., if you make money after tax in your Roth IRA, which is what I did for, for years, and one of the reasons I have a decent-sized retirement fund, Roth, is... I was doing, if you listen to a couple previous episodes, I was doing options. And I think we're going to do an episode on luxury flips at one point. But I would take a deposit of $100 that would come from my custodian of my self-directed Roth IRA. So I contribute $100, which is way less than the $6,000 I'm allowed, just to be clear. I only have $100 in my self-directed Roth IRA. I asked my custodian to direct the $100 into an investment of an option on a property. That option... It's a control mechanism. It's the deposit to make the contract legal. As soon as the asset explodes, I sell the property for $200,000 more. We we're just talking about this earlier. If I sell this earlier between, before we recorded this podcast, by the way, if you're a listener and going, we, we didn't talk about this earlier, this is pre-show. It wasn't in this case because this was in Canada. I'm talking about US, but if that $100 deposit and I generate a $200,000 gain, from the contract maturing as an option. I put $100 in, I sold the property for $200,000 more, it goes back into my self-directed Roth IRA tax-free forever for life. So it is a completely tax-free mechanism because the money that was put in is post-tax, then the money that's made is also gonna be post-tax, which means no tax. Because it's not a contribution, it's earned income. It's like buying Bitcoin back in 2000 for you know an eighth of a penny and you buy a hundred dollars worth so you and now you have 10 million dollars in bitcoin because that's kind of what it would be mm -hmm. it is not contribution it's earned so any money that's created or earned within your self-directed roth ira is tax-free forever now you can't pull it out till you're 65 and a half but thems are the rules so it's a very different mechanism what happens if you than, take it out uh, before 65 your tax at whatever tax rate you're so at. Okay, so it becomes income. earned income. Yeah. So correct. Uh, I was so going to ask you: is there is no is there no cap on the income that you receive? So that in this in your scenario, you got to two hundred thousand dollars on a hundred dollar investment that you put in, and you yielded two hundred thousand. Is there no cap on what you? No cap on how much can be created because it's an investment that created infinite returns. I can't put in two hundred thousand dollars from zero because it came out of my Roth and it goes back into my Roth, that transaction, $100 came out, $200,000 went back in. So as long as it's locked into a in, certain age, you're not paying taxes on that? No taxes on that, correct. I can uh, lend on it. I'm I can, wondering if this, I, is, I can this do, sounds very equivalent to the TFSA. I know you could do self-directed, but I don't know if you can 
do what he just explained. A, yeah, you probably could. There's it's probably a mechanism to do it. But the main difference is so here in the TFSC works similar to the Roth, but you, so you have a limit every year, and right now the limit's six thousand, and that kind of gets indexed and rounded up to the nearest five hundred dollars every year. And it's cumulative from the age of 18. So as of 18, you started at 5,000, whatever those limits were, they keep adding up. So even if you don't have the money in year one, that you turn 18, if when you're 25, you know, you make two, $300,000 a year, you can actually come and take back the whole limit all the way. So if there was 40,000 that you could have done between 18 and 25, then you can just dump 40,000 in there and start working with that. And everything will grow tax-free. So if you've invested so money- I've never done a TFSA and I'm gonna be 50. Yeah, so, so you I can, can go, go back, back and put well, 300 grand if no, I want to. Not because you're going to go back only to when the, the year the TFSA was started. Uh, it created, which is, I think, 2016. Yeah. So 2016. Yeah. It's fairly new. Yeah. I feel robbed. Yeah. And old. Yeah, I know. So that's only six years. Yeah. Five years. Yeah. The fuck am I going to do with $36,000? It's a lot of options, yeah. man. I think, <laughs> okay. All right. I, I think it's a little bit, I think sure. it's a little bit more than that, but the RSPs, if I'm not mistaken, work the same way. You have your uncontribution from previous years, they keep adding on, don't they, Gabe? I in mean, RSPs, I, yes. Yes, in yes. RSPs, it works the same way. So I know with the TFSA, it is capped. I think actually right now, because I never contributed to it, I think it's around 65000 so, front, uh, so Marco, just to give you an idea, it's right now the limit that if you can invest is 75500 to go back go. to the beginning. That's what it is. Okay. So right. so it's not so bad. And it's not so bad. The only difference Canadian, with the Roth. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I know. Canadian. I know. Okay. So it's like so 15. So that's like 30 grand yeah. US. Okay. Right. But uh, the real difference is that you can actually withdraw from your TFSC whenever you want. And that's kind of the beauty of it. So the only downside is that if you withdraw money from your TFSA. So say you, uh, you're always capped at the limit. So right now it's 75,000. Let's say you had invested that $100 and made your 200 grand. If you decide, hey, I want to buy a house. I need my 200 grand. You can take that out tax-free, no problem. But you can't reinvest that amount till the next calendar year. And the next calendar year, you can only invest the max of 75,500 plus that year's contribution. So you lose that gain aspect of it. You can't reinvest that. You can reinvest it if you leave it in the account. But the moment you take out your profits, that's it. You're capped at whatever that limit is. Can I invest in stock and options and other things in my TFSA? Stocks, you can. Options, I can't. Yeah, yeah. don't quote me on that. I don't know. I think you can. I think if you get a custodian or whatever, like a B2B bank. We're, 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 we're going to get, get an expert stocks. You can't do penny stocks. I know that because I tried. It doesn't work. You can't short, I believe, either. You can't options. go short. Yeah, I'm talking, yeah. I'm but options, yeah. If they're call options and whatnot, you might because be able to. The, the reason I want to do an option is because on a property, we can option every property that we want to. Can you put a contract onto a buy contracts? I don't know. These are questions that I'm asking because I really don't know the yes. answer. Because that would be cool. As a Canadian, because there's a super fund in, the, in Australia, there's pension plan the UK I can't remember what it is I knew two seconds ago and it just escaped me but every country has their own retirement schemes if you will and if you understand the rules and regulations you can actually play in those now you can actually have a business in the United States as a non-American and open up a retirement plan for the business and actually there are for self-directed 401ks for example that you can have your business get into so your business is actually growing money tax-free as well. So you're, you're taking advantage of the tax code to make tax-free money. And it's really interesting as well. On, I'm just, we're going to get back to TFSAs. We're going all over the place here, mm -hmm. but because I want to hear more about TFSAs is you can also take someone that is over 65 and use their RSP 
they can actually sign that over to you to have control over which is I've done a few times where they just never contributed they they're over 65 they don't have any earned income and they have very little earned income because part of the rules of a self-directed Roth IRA is if you don't have any earned income you can't contribute to your self do you have to have earned income in order to same with RSPs yeah so I would put them on payroll give them a little bit of earned income use their self-directed Roth IRA and then because they were over 65 I had control over their Roth IRA completely legal by the way and then now I can just use it almost like a bank that, that grows tax-free which most people don't know you can do and you know I don't know if I'm saying something I shouldn't be saying but there's a lot of th neat things that you can do that are completely legal right that allow you to do things tax-free you know and even open a business in a self-directed Roth IRA I could take my self-directed Roth IRA with Franks and Gabe's Put them all together, start a business, completely tax-free income within those businesses because they're controlled by self-directed Roth IRAs. It's really neat what you can do when you understand the rules. Again, there's professionals that have to put this together for you and with you. Do not play with fire by yourself because, you know, the IRS, you know, if you spell out T-H-E-I-R-S, it spells theirs. Mm-hmm. And that's how the IRS sees it. It's theirs. And just to so make, they want to keep everything. I just want to, I guess the, the mandatory disclaimer here is this is just, you know, for educational purposes and there's there's no advice whatsoever, whether tax or legal oh, here. So like, and we do the same. We always go to our tax advisors and legal advisors. We come up with a broad idea, which is what we understand. And then they take care of making sure the paperwork is all in order before doing anything. We just, One you million, know, zillion yeah, percent. In, Thank, integrity is so important. For, yeah. Thanks for that compliance. Yeah, yeah. Sure, this no is problem. all information for educational and, and fun purposes. The cool shit you can do. I am not a lawyer or a tax person, nor do I play one on TV. And I have no interest in uh, getting anyone into trouble ever. So do seek your professional advice. But there are cool things you can do with all these retirement uh I guess programs and that's it and I, I think for the TFSA there's not much to add it unless Frank you have anything to add on that it's just no, you can withdraw it whenever you want exactly. and it grows tax-free because it's after-tax money which makes sense right and the same thing makes sense that you have to be taxed on an RSP because you're contributing it it's pre-tax income you're actually not being taxed on that income it gets deducted so the rule of thumb when it comes to government tax agencies is that your income needs to be taxed once and whether it's now or later, it's going to get taxed. So it's up to you if you want to be taxed on later dollars, today dollars, depending on your situation and your tax bracket. So the assumption is that most people make less money as they grow older because they have jobs. So that's why RSPs kind of make sense to most people. But in our world, we want to make more money every year, yeah. no matter what I, age we are. Listen, so I believe, it makes uh, less sense. I believe 90% of the people that do contribute to these vehicles, RSPs or whatever, they're doing it because everyone else is doing it and they don't know the ins and outs where they really can take advantage of it because most people RSPs was invented because many people were retiring or wanted to retire for that matter and they couldn't because they had no pension they had no company pension so they're like all right so then now they're a burden to society so the government schemed up something and said hey why don't we make them save up their own shit for their own retirement mm -hmm. and at the same time we'll make them earn you know they can put in investments like mutual funds and stocks and things like that the problem is i know with my parents they used to put RSPs they have no clue what they're invested in because they don't know and then like marco said you know obviously the economy goes up and down some quarters or some years they see their rsps dip by you know 10 15 percent and and some of them increase by 10 15 percent so it's it really all depends but if you're really 
if you're mindful or if you if you have professionals on your side like tax consultants things like that they do know how to circumvent around there where it could be a, a, a huge advantage to your income almost you know similar to marco's story with the tfsa you turn 100 100 bucks into 200,000 and not pay any taxes on it which is genius so in the end the rsps I'm not a huge fan, but again, it's subjective. It depends on your situation. TFSA, I would like if I would like, if I could do more with it. That's the only thing. But it's capped at your seventy-five thousand, like the six thousand mm. per year. So you're kind of limited. It's a contribution, though. It's just like an Roth IRA. So I could put a hundred dollars in my Roth IRA, put a hundred dollar option on a property, like a hotel. Let's say we get a hotel under contract, and our contract says a hundred bucks now and ninety-nine thousand nine hundred dollars deposit later. Right, mm. we split up our deposit in two. Mm. We take a hotel that's underperforming, and we do our due diligence and flip it to someone that actually wants a hotel. That because since you know how to negotiate hotels well, we've all gotten hotels at steep discounts, right? Mm. All three of us, and then you sell it to someone that for two, three hundred dollars more, that couple three hundred thousand goes back into our Roth IRA tax free forever. Now our, it went from a hundred bucks to three hundred thousand, and that's not a contribution. That's earned income because mm-hmm. we took a hundred and turned it to three hundred, and then you take that three hundred thousand, and then you lend it out at fourteen percent, you know, to someone that wants to flip a property, and then you take that new money and then turn it into something else, and that's next thing you know, you have five, six, seven, eight million dollars in there in the next five years yeah. because, and it's all tax. I would be very curious to see if you could do that here with the lending part. If you have that money just sitting, lazy money, we call it, lazy money doing nothing, you know, earning you know one, two percent, if that, and then you, depending you on can. the cycle, you, so you can lend out at ten percent for someone to acquire yeah. a property let them flip and refire yeah. whatever and then take your money you back you can do that so listen there's maybe it's worthwhile to get someone on the podcast to that that yeah. it's more diverse maybe on the canada side and the u.s side because mm-hmm. and how frank, you frank just got excited yes, i have i've seen uh, his eyes light up like well, that in a long time yeah. Yeah. You're, you're capped it's like christmas I haven't been since doing you came our, on the podcast yeah. with charged uh, your headphones yeah, yeah. yeah. charged headphones <laughs> but i get it it's it's for me rsps no I, I have nothing in there but tfsa you're kept at 75 it's not a big chunk but for many people out there maybe they're listening that should i have a lot of money in there uh, let's see what i can do with it so mm-hmm. that'll be exciting for them Actually, let's talk about Owen for a quick second, because I believe this Owen has already been, by this time, I think Owen has already been published. And uh, Owen's a mail carrier out of Canada. He has three hotels on a contract. They're all worth at least $10 million a piece. If you haven't listened to that podcast, please go back and listen to it. He's a mail carrier. (laughs) They're all worth about $10 million a piece, and he has them all. So that's $30 million in assets that he has for less, I believe, less than seven plus two plus two is 11 million so yeah so he's like a third he's at a 33 percent discount even 50 percent discount if he he could flip all those contracts and put seven figures in his pocket and be done and if he did that through his self-directed roth ira he can't as a canadian because he doesn't qualify for a self-directed roth ira but his business can open up a self-directed 401k and do it on behalf of the business so or something of similar nature again i'm not a tax expert please consult your professional but there's a way of doing it within the business where the business itself is actually going to get benefit from that tax structure so and it's called an isa by the way in the uk it just came to me it just you know sorry yeah so there are different things in different places but they all have similar structures where the government wants you to have some retirement because they know they don't know how to manage your money. But again, if you don't have for a plan for your money and know how to work your money, somebody else will, and you're not going to like their plan Mm-mm. at all. So being educated on how to take care of your own money is going to be very, very important. Failing to plan is planning to fail, right? There you go. There you go. Frank, any last uh, nuggets? No, I, you know what? Thanks, Gabe, for uh, that whole intro on RSPs. I didn't think I didn't think you had it in yet, but you, you know quite a bit. Neither did I. It just came out. <laughs> yeah. No, you know why? In, in I the blacked end, out. <laughs> in, in the end, 
Ignorance is expensive, as Marco says. And, and you know what? Oh, I don't yeah. know. We, we're not experts in everything, but we just know on the surface that you know, we hear and, and people are doing this. And it's refreshing to know. You just got to find the right people to hold their hands and let them uh, show you the path on how to do this. And if anyone's interested in that, absolutely get someone that is professional to do it uh, before you start yes. liquidating your RSPs. And uh, the, R the CRA will yeah. also come after you. Or converting them because you can convert as well. There's a conversion process mm -hmm. if you have a... Yeah. yeah. So anyways, no, they're good vehicles. I'm glad we did this. Yeah, me too. And again, as a listener, you don't need to have big buku bucks to open up a self-directed Roth IRA account. It takes a hundred bucks. Every single one of you that's listening has a hundred bucks. No bullshit. All of you can do it. And you can take that hundred dollars and turn that into millions of dollars tax-free. And that's what everyone should be doing, but not everyone knows how to do it. And with good skill sets, you can take a hundred bucks and turn it into as much money as you want to. But it is going to take skill and it is going to take practice. You know, this is not something that you, I've been practicing for 22 years and I'm still practicing. It's not something that you master and then you keep refining. So it just takes practice, 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 because with practice, you do get perfect. Alrighty, guys. Appreciate you. I think it was a good podcast considering that we don't know anything about these topics. Uh, we know enough to be dangerous, but again, we are not professionals in this at all. Yeah. There are people that study this every single day that practice that actually love reading the intricacies of the Canadian laws and U.S. laws and know everything about everything and the nuances that I don't understand. And we put them on our team. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Those are people we hire. 100%. And uh, again, if, if we have enough, it's worth it. No. Again, if we get enough comments on this, we'll actually bring in an expert, which we'd love to do and uh, make sure that you're getting the best possible information 100%. So thank you. I appreciate you as a listener. And of course, uh, Gabe and Frank, you guys are awesome. My brother's from another mother. I can't wait to see you guys in Florida when you guys are coming down. And man, time flew by. Yeah. I appreciate you. And you know, again, like it, love it, share it, comment. And we love your five-star reviews. We've gotten over a thousand and we'd like to get a thousand more. <laughs> Please contribute. And I'm looking forward to contributing to your life. And as is Frank and Gabe, we're all passionate about really helping as many humans as possible achieve financial independence through skill and skills Im improve society we believe and if you're making more money you're going to be happier and of course just have more sex because when you're happier you just get laid more i don't know if i was supposed to say that but i'm saying it anyway <laughs> let's see if thanks it guys around. have a great day <laughs> <laughs>